Oh, Tyler, do you remember yes. when AMC, AMC theaters got super pissed at Universal and said they're not going to show their movies anymore? I do recall, actually. Yes. So it turns out, I don't know if they corrected course or Universal did, but they made a new deal. Did and, they now? Yeah, and I find this kind of really interesting because as someone who used to work in the movie theater business and stuff, like all the back-end business stuff is always always fascinating just because I have first-hand knowledge of it. Um, but essentially what they did is they made it so that there's new release windows for when like distributors like Universal can put their stuff on demand after it's played in the theater. Mm-hmm. So before it used to be, I think it's 60 or 90 days, I want to say. I thought I saw somewhere it was 75, which was an odd number, but... Yeah, and that could have been... Anyway, a couple months anyway. Yeah, and now it's down to, like, I want to say, like, 15 days. Yeah, 15 is what I heard as well. Yeah. So now... Which is... Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, and I feel like I don't know... If this was AMC being like, yo, we actually really want your movies because you make like the Fast and the Furious and we can't not play that. But. So I don't know if it was them being because like a while back, it was like when Universal just like dropped a Trolls World tour on VOD and just said, hey, yo, we're not doing a release. AMC got super salty about it and was like, we're just not going to play your stuff. And Universal kind of went, well, whatever. But now I'm guessing yeah. that AMC <laughs> was like, oh, wait, you make Jurassic World and like Fast and the Furious. We should maybe like fix this. So that's what that was all about. OK, I, I didn't realize that this was all like AMC going, oh, shit, sorry. Like we we definitely do want your movies. We were bluffing and you called our bluff and that's what it is. I thought this news was more so about the fact that Universal is going to be the first of the big major studios to bump up the video on demand releases of their theatrical releases. I think that that is it too. And I don't know if this was because of like the stuff that AMC did. Um, But like, I know like, it was like uh when I can't remember what it was, but like whenever they put Trolls World Tour on VOD, AMC like was like we're not we're not gonna play your stuff anymore. And obviously that's changed. So I don't know if this is like because of that or if this was just like that that hatchet got buried behind the scenes a while ago or something and then they just made this new deal, but yeah, I'm not sure that it's it's definitely super interesting, though, because like, I mean, AMC, I and I could be wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, is probably the biggest of the theater chains in the United States. But yeah, that I- being said, Universal is is behind some of the biggest blockbusters that come out every fucking year. Yeah. So for for AMC to even think for a second that they could be like, you know what, we're not fine. We're not going to play your shit anymore. It's like okay, that's lost revenue for you. Like, that's no sweat off our back. We'll play at other theaters, and yeah. we'll do video on-demand releases. We're yeah. going to be just fucking fine. You guys, on the other hand, this is not a good move for you. Yeah, because uh, 
like when they did that thing i'm just reading the original article and it was like um not only did the company show displeasure for like universal's uh claims that feature films might skip theatrical releases altogether but amc ceo said going forward amc will not license any universal movies in any of our 1000 theaters globally on these terms <laughs> yeah that's and, that's them fucking puffing their chest out and being like all right let's dance yeah and then like i i remember when i first read that going like oh yeah like real big dick energy there amc just wait until fast and the furious comes out like i just remember reading mm-hmm. that going like i bet that tune changes a- immediately when people can you know flock to a movie theater again for fast and the furious I, I also find it interesting that this whole ordeal started over like tro- trolls world tour yeah getting a, getting an early vod release but the only reason it got a vod release is because all of the theaters were shut down yeah yeah exactly right like, so like for amc to be butthurt over this it's like well what do you fucking expect like universal dumped a bunch of money into this movie because i mean yeah. the, the voice actors on that on those films like anna kendrick and justin timberlake like those are big names they cost money animation costs money like yeah. with theaters closed it's like okay we got to recruit recoup some cost here like sorry amc we're not going to wait around at the hopes that you know maybe in the next three or four months you guys can open up again and we can play it in your theater like we yeah, got to I, get paid and i don't think it was that they did did it just for trolls world tour i think it was like after trolls world world tour had been out on vod for a few weeks um like universal ceo like suggested that like the company might continue to do like simultaneous like vod and theater releases at the same time like in the future and i think that's what amc was pissed about because they were like well hold the fuck on yeah i think they're making a a bigger deal out of this than there needs to be because we talked about this a couple weeks back as to like the benefits of if they were to do you know like a premium service where you could pay 20 30 dollars and watch it at home upon release day right yeah where i'm I'm still gonna stand by my statement where i don't think that's gonna crush theater business i think it's just gonna open the doors for those people that don't typically go to the theater because it's too much of a hassle or they just they they can't go to the theater to see a new release movie right like i think this is just going to be better for business and better for everybody yeah exactly and like when we talked about it last time like i also kind of stand by like what i said where like i think if you were to survey the vast majority of the like movie going audience that goes to a movie theater i bet it's not like me and you where it's like oh we we got to see these new movies because you know that that's that's our hobby I bet in the vast majority of people going to a theater, it's like a night out kind of event thing where I bet they don't even know what they're watching before they go to the theater or before like an hour that an hour before they're going or something like that. Like, I think it's probably that is probably the the large movie going audience. So I think that still stays regardless. Yeah, absolutely. I, I also think that that's a large, large portion of, I mean, even me and, and my fiance have done stuff like that. where like, we're like, yeah, let's have dinner in a movie yeah. and we'll go and have dinner. And like when we're getting close to finishing dinner, we're like, okay, it's what's like, out? you know, yeah. yeah, it's almost 630. So let's see what's playing, you know, around seven. Like what are the closer show times that we can go to right now? And we'll yeah, pick exactly. a movie based off of what's playing yep. sooner rather than later. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but this new deal is interesting because, and like, I'm I'm kind of a fan of this new deal. Like. Like if if they're saying like okay, 
the deal is like for the first it basically says like the first three weekends it's got to be in theaters and then it can go to vod like i think that's i'm all on board for that like and that's fair because i mean realistically after the first two weekends yeah. of a film's opening release the ticket sales drastically drop off because by that point there's you know maybe there's like a weekend like a new release will come out maybe the next weekend you'll get some other releases but they're not big blockbusters but yeah. definitely within that two-week range of a of you releasing your blockbuster there's definitely some other blockbuster that's coming out yeah exactly and like you know the exception to, to you know dine off after like three weeks is probably like your really big big temple movies that people are seeing you know maybe two or three times but in, yeah those but for the few, most few and far between and this deal says they can extend that too. like universal has like can say okay no we actually want fast and the furious nine to actually be in theaters for like five weekends and then we'll put it on bod because we know on the fifth weekend it's still doing good in theaters so yeah and, and you know what like i mean not to side with you know big bad studios here but i mean they're the ones who are footing the fucking bill for all this yeah. and trying to get their costs back so like yeah. like i i understand amc being a little upset where it's like yeah. oh well we want movies to be in theaters longer because we want people to keep coming in and you know concession ticket sales we want our cut but at the same time it's like you're just a player and with everything like quickly moving into the digital space with all the streaming services and video yeah. on demand and stuff like that. It's like you need to fucking adapt. Yeah. Like if I think, I think AMC and some of these other big theater companies would be very smart if they were to all band together and create like a video on demand platform and partner with the studios so that after they do a two or three week run in theaters, it gets streamed through their, video on demand service yeah and i feel like that chip is almost sailed because so many like places like disney have got like disney plus now and like universal i think has their universal's got their own like i think the big Peacock. yeah like the big studios just kind of like went well, we're just gonna do this ourselves so i feel like if the theaters were smart like four years ago they would have like a good like business manager at the theater would have been like hey let's try to get involved in this before like the they already start doing it but and see i don't i personally i don't think it's too late because if you look at these streaming services amazon prime netflix you know peacock hbo max like those kind of services they're a monthly fee right well yeah yeah if right? maybe like so a yeah so kind of thing, yeah if like amc and say cineplex and you know one of the other big chains all banded together and like we will have a platform where because when they say like they're going to go to a video on demand release, they're not saying we're going to throw it up on a streaming platform that you already have a membership to and you can just watch it. They're saying video on demand like like Cineplex has their store and YouTube has their store where you can rent a movie for $4.99 or $5.99, right? I feel right. like that's that's what they're talking about. So if these big theaters would band together and be like, okay, fine, after the three-week three week run, here's this North America-wide service where now you can take those same movies, watch them at home, and stream it through our platform and still get a cut. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. That could work. But I guess we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah. So I just found this one interesting because it just because of that backlash from AMC, and then like it was like a few months later, it seems like it's all like peaches and rainbows. 
you know, in the relationship. And well, that's probably because they, <laughs> they they went to fucking bluff, and Universal called their bluff and AMC's He's like, oh fuck. Okay, yeah, yeah maybe, no, we're good, we're good. Yeah, sorry. We just had the, a bad day. Yeah, the AMC CEO said some stuff, and then the shareholders called them and went, "Yo, what the fuck?" Yeah, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah, mi- put a smile on. Yeah, fix it. Take it on the chin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <sighs> and then, in other news, Judge mm-hmm. Dredd TV series written but on hold due to pandemic. Yeah, and I honestly, I didn't even know that there was a uh, a Judge Dredd series coming. And then I heard that it was on hold, and I was like, oh, well, this is both very exciting news for me and very sad news yeah i got excited that there was going to be a judge dread show and then quickly bummed out that it's that it's put on hold that the script is written and we're in a holding pattern here yeah yeah and i want to say i remember hearing something about this i think it was was that one of the comic cons in a previous year but carl urban was was at the at one of them and i want to say someone asked him about like a tv show or something like that and I want to say he was like, yeah, I would love to. And like, maybe something is in the works or something. I can't remember. But I thought I remember hearing about a Dread TV show at some point. I think that would be a good media format for it. Yeah, I think so, too. And I I really liked that movie. It was really cool. The most recent? Or are you talking the original? Uh, well, I like the the original because of how bad it is. <laughs> um, with, you know, good old Sly. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it because it's like just a really shitty 80s action movie. Um, but like the recent one with Carl Urban, like I actually think that one was was rad as fuck. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed both of them. So I was I was very yeah. much on board with a, a show because the movies were entertaining and they were just fun. But I definitely feel like a, you know, like a weekly TV series would would service the show a lot better. Yeah. And going through the article, like it seems like this is happening because they got the rights back. Like whoever's making it, like got the rights back. Um, so they can now like actually do some stuff. Um, and then they even ask in the article, and like they say, so like would Carl Urban or like any of those people make guest appearances? And he was, and the guy like that's part of this project was like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them return. You know. In what form? Who knows? Well, and see, what I'm kind of hoping for is if the show comes out and it's successful, I think it will be a very short period of time before you see people go, okay, this is doing well. We're making money mm-hmm. off this. And then they're like, RoboCop. Well, yeah. And they bring RoboCop in for a TV series. Did you, did that's you watch... An, uh, sorry, go ahead. I think RoboCop is another one of those shows that I think would be better suited as a as a weekly, you know, hour long television series. Yeah. Did you ever watch the Joel Kinnerman RoboCop movie with Michael Keaton? <sighs> I did, and I'm not gonna lie, I was not a big fan of it. Oh, really? I actually quite enjoyed it. I thought it was well done for what it was. I mean, it was entertaining, but I don't know. There was just I don't know. Maybe it was just like his appearance. Oh, yeah. And like that newer kind of take on what RoboCop looks like, 
Yeah. I mean, you yeah. have to bring it into the modern times. I get that. But, like, I mean, when you think of the original RoboCop and those, like, I don't know, three or four movies that they did, that's the RoboCop appearance that I want to see, personally. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, because that's classics, right? I mean, yeah, I, I'm all for and I want a modern story with yeah. modern crime and modern things and maybe, you know, some upgrades to it. But I want the RoboCop appearance to look like RoboCop. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. And yeah, because they did kind of get quite a bit away from what yeah. RoboCop used to look like. Whereas, like Judge Judge Dredd doesn't really have that problem because, like, it's he's not, he's not a RoboCop, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's just a he's just a guy, and he's just got to have the you know the Dredd helmet, right? But yeah, yeah so like that I, one you can take some more liberties with, but yeah. But yeah, they were like, a little too liberal with the new RoboCop, in my opinion. Not, not again. Not that it was a yeah. a bad movie, and I like Joel as an as an actor a lot. Like he's yeah. he, I am a big fan of the body of work that he's done thus far. Yeah. But yeah, and my my gripe was just the new vision for RoboCop. I wasn't uh, overly happy with. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fair. I think that's a fair criticism. But yeah, like I'm totally down for. A Judge Dredd show. I'd be curious because um, they say like the series is written, but it's put on hold. So I'd be curious if they haven't shopped it around yet, like where it ends up. Hmm. I so, hope it ends up on HBO personally. Yeah, yeah, HBO or or like a Amazon or Netflix would be all right with too. Yeah. Well, it's. it's... Like it, it's it's dark and it's gritty and it's violent, right? So you need yeah. a studio that's gonna allow that kind of vision to take place. Yeah. So HBO is like the natural thing, but I think Prime would probably be my second choice, just because like you look at the boys, Carl Urban's already there. That would work in Netflix. Yeah. Would probably be like a third because like yeah, Netflix can do like the darker shows, but they haven't. Like like I don't think they've been as dark as like a, a boys kind of thing, right? Yeah, no, not not that I recall. I think like the most kind of like pseudo graphic that I've seen really is kind of the Umbrella Academy, really off the yeah. top of my head. Yeah, which isn't even that graphic. No, no, it'd be nice if it went to HBO because I think they could do give it some HBO money. I just I just like HBO's hands off approach. Like, yeah, here's your money. Fucking do what you want. And yeah. if it's success, if it's successful, we'll give you more money. You can keep doing what you want. And if it's not, well, then you know you had your shot, and there it is. And even when a show doesn't do well on HBO, like they usually will give them like at least one more season to be like, okay, this isn't doing well, but like here's one more season, wrap it up. Yeah, um, make some at the very least, make some adjustments. Uh, like that happened with the Leftovers, which I think is one of HBO's greatest TV shows ever made. I love that show. You know, um, I started watching it and I never and I never finished. That was years ago. I completely forgot about that show. That um, TV series. Uh, there's an episode in the second season that is by far what I think is the single greatest episode of television ever made in the history of television. That's a pretty big claim, there, fella. Yep, yep it is. But I watched like I watched it and I was like, holy shit, that was. Like after that happened, I was like, "That was the greatest episode of TV I've ever seen." Really? 
and it i don't even think it was a season finale it was just like an episode um it was it it's in season two and i believe it's called um the international it's it's got like a really weird name and it happens in the show and you're just like what yeah it's called international assassin and it's like the third uh to last episode so it's not even the finale um, but it's like so well done for what it is. It's amazing. Hmm, maybe I need to bump that series up on my list and you should go back and rewatch it. I, it, it I, correct me if I'm wrong. The leftovers is where like all of a sudden everyone disappears because the yeah. rapture happens. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, I vaguely recall watching like the first few episodes and then I don't, I'm not sure what happened with that one. Yeah, because usually, usually my OCD doesn't allow me to start something and not finish it. Yeah, and it is Damien Lindelof, so like he's got his kind of own unique kind of things where it's like, hey, sometimes we're just not going to answer the questions you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you've kind of got to be all right with that, right? Like, that's why everyone was super pissed at the Indiana Lost, because people were like, whoa, what the fuck? And like, personally, I thought it was totally fine. But like, I totally get people just being like, yeah, what the fuck? You didn't answer anything. But um, that's that's a series I still haven't watched. Lost. Yeah, yeah. I I'm a big fan of Lost. It's been a long time since I've rewatched it, but I I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. I managed to go like I'm gonna say probably seven or eight years after Lost like finished on the air. Yeah. Without knowing how Lost ended. Oh really? Yeah, I managed to avoid the Lost spoilers and any information about Lost for like, I want to say it was like a good seven years. Oh, shit. Before I finally like was reading something and it just kind of like was blurted out in the fucking article. And I was like, fuck. I honestly don't know if it matters, to be honest. Well, I mean, I still at that point had, you know, oh, I had the desire to go in and watch it. And I wanted to, like, you know, get to the end and be like, oh, that's what's going on. Crazy. But now, like, because wh- it's still on my list to eventually watch. But it's just there's so many seasons and they're an hour long each. Like, it's a big undertaking, right? So, yeah. And it it was back in the heyday where, like, that was, like, back when there was, like, good network TV that was, like, 22 episodes long. Like, I think each mm-hmm. season of Lost is 22 or 24 episodes. Um, yeah, so it's it's a massive undertaking, and that's kind of yeah. what is so off-putting about starting it is because oh, yeah, it's going to sure. take so fucking long. But it yeah. is still a series that, like, I've heard really good things about, and therefore oh, yeah. I wanted to watch. So, yeah. But now when I eventually do get around to carving out some time for it, I'm going to watch that show completely different because the whole time I'm going to be thinking like, Oh, this is what's going on in the end. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I mean, Oh, well, the nice part about the leftovers is it's three seasons and it's 10 episodes per season and that's it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's more digestible. Yeah. And I, I think it's amazing. Um, I think you should give it another shot if you're looking for something, but, well, maybe I will. I mean, I still got to do the center too. So that is true. But I got a little off topic about Judge Dredd. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but nonetheless, what... ex- excited for a Dread show. So yeah, I mean, if they make a Judge Dread, um, and especially if they bring back Carl Urban, um, that sounds rad as fuck. I'm down for that. Like, I'm I'm totally down for that. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, bring it on. That's that's totally all right by me. Yeah. And especially You're if not... you can get some cameos, like if you can somehow get a sly cameo in there, like where it's like maybe multiple judge dreads or something. Like fuck yeah. Like, or he's like a retired judge dread. Yeah, or something like that's probably how you do it, where you have him come back as like maybe Carl Urban is the is the new age dread and in one episode, you know, you get Sly back and he's like, Oh yeah, I was in the original dredge pro- like dread program or whatever the fuck, however they want yeah. to write it. That would be cool. That would be cool. So, so many good things coming out here. I see that I that Netflix is doing a Splinter Cell animated series. Yes, uh, with the John Wick writers. I and don't know how I feel about this. Neither do I. Um, yeah, I don't know how to. Um. Sorry, I was just seeing what you read in there. Um, yeah, I don't know how to feel about it other than like I'll totally try to watch it. Like like I'll give it a shot. Um especially if it's I feel like the people that wrote the John Wicks could write it nice. Um Yeah, I've I've no doubt that the writing is gonna be good. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you're gonna have a lot more um uh like creative freedom by doing it as an animated series but it kind of bums me out because like i've been over here sitting and waiting for the live action splinter cell that was supposed to start tom hardy yeah for fucking ever yeah yeah and i i have no idea if that's stuck in like development hell or what the hell is going on with that because that was announced a long time ago that tom hardy was doing yeah very long time ago because i i played I think I played the first three or four Splinter Cells. Like most of them. It was like the last yeah. one or two that yeah. I, I didn't actually get into playing. But like that was one of the first games that like I fell in love with on oh, Xbox. Yeah. 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 They're they're amazing games. Um and they actually have like a decent story. Um I'm just looking at um Tom Hardy's IMDB page and it's not even listed there anymore, so So I'm guessing they just fucking scrapped it. And maybe that's why maybe that's why the people who own the rights to to Splinter Cell are like, well, we want to do something with it and we can't get our live action film made anymore, so they shopped it around and got a an animated series with Netflix on board. I I don't know. Yeah, and I'm just trying to look up articles. I found like the- a rumored article that is like Tom Hardy reportedly eyed for live action Splinter Cell TV show. What? I have no idea if this is what the fuck this is. See, it's it's another uh, piece of uh, entertainment that I feel would be best suited broken down into like short one hour seasons. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. You know, like like six episodes, one hour episodes for a season and have yeah. them cover like the games. Like the first yeah. game is, you know, season one, the second game, season two kind of thing. Yeah. yeah and but I guess I, Splinter Cell is Tom Clancy. So I'm, I never read the books, but I assume they're based off books. Uh, or was that just a, a liberally like created character? I think that's, that, that was the case. And then books came after, I, I want to say books came after like the first game and i've actually read the books but like there wasn't like a tom clancy splinter cell book i want to say 
they made the game like, like they wanted to make a game, and I think they slapped the Tom Clancy name on it. Mm. And then, or it, maybe the books came out beforehand, but I want to say the books came out after the fact. And the books are yeah. totally different stories. So Are they? Yeah. So I wonder with this Netflix cartoon, where they're going to pull their source material from. Are they going to kind of go game-wise? Are they going to pull it from books that came after the game? Yeah, I don't know. And Like, I honestly don't think it matters. Like, I think as long as you have, like, the Splinter Cell stuff in there, like, I think you can kind of, you could could do your own original story with it fine enough, I think. And yeah, I suppose. Cherry pick from from some of the games and books where it's like, hey, we're we're telling this original Sam Fisher Splinter Cell story. And, you know, maybe uh, at the backbone crutch of, of this season is, you know, his daughter is taken or something like that. So I, I want to see that happens in one of the books or the games. You know, yeah, so you and can, I do a little call call outs to the yeah. to the original, right? Like, I, I feel like that's a big uh, point of contention that needs to be like looked at when people take something that has original source material, such as a game or a book or a graphic novel, but then decide to do their own original story with it. Like, I feel like in order to keep that fan base happy and to keep them interactive, you yeah. need to do like little nods or call outs or, you know, whatnot to the yeah. original source material. Cause I think otherwise you're going to isolate the people who are going to be watching this are obviously the people who read the books or played the games, right? Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. if you come up with something completely different, you'll you'll still have those people who are like, oh yeah, no, this is a good, completely yeah. new original take on it, but you're going to have a big group of people that are like, you didn't fucking reference anything that made me fall in love with this franchise, you know, years ago, right? Yeah, and I think, like, as long as you have, like, the core, like, Sam Fisher and team you know, Sam Fisher and his like NSA team or whatever like that, the third the third echelon. Like I think as long as you do that and have like some of those characters in it, I can't remember what they are, but the like the girl that's uh like runs the back end or whatever, and then the main guy, like the general, like if you had like most of that stuff and then just kind of did some callbacks, I think mm-hmm. it'd be fine. Um but yeah, I it's weird that they it went like that it's an animated like I, it seems like it would. It's a weird one to start with. Like it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna reserve my judgment until I start seeing some trailers because I just don't know. Because I, I like animated shows, but like I don't know something yeah. like this. I would want to see live action. I wouldn't. I would prefer a live action over an animated. But I. I, I don't know. Because I felt the same way about Deadpool, right? Like I didn't want yeah. any animated. I wanted live action. But then I saw the leak. I don't know if you ever saw it where Donald Glover and his brother were actually writing a animated Deadpool series for FX. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and they like leaked a, a 10 minute like, you know, pre-done thing that they did with a like a little story and the animation they were going to use and stuff like that. And I was like, "You know what? Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I actually this looks good and entertaining. I could get behind this." Mm-hmm. So I could go either way. I'm on the fence. I I could swing right or left with this one, and I guess only time will tell. Yeah, like I like if it's done well, I'll check it out. But well, yeah. it's coming to Netflix, right? So I mean, I'm gonna fucking check it out regardless because it's gonna be on Netflix. 
Yeah, exactly. But it's just like when I read it, it was like Splinter Cell anime series from John Wick, you know, writer, you know, said at Netflix is like, what? I'm like, OK, sure. Um, I guess <laughs> yeah. I like that. That Like that. That's definitely not like what, you know, if someone's like, yo, if someone would have whispered into my ear, you're like, yo, you're going to like read like something about a Splinter Cell project over the next few days. It'd be like, oh, we're probably getting like some of that Tom Hardy news. Not that headline where I read it. Now it's just like fucking what? Okay, sure. Why not? Yeah. God, guys, please, please get a fucking live action one going with Tom Hardy. I think he would kill it as a Sam Fisher. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I, quit I, fucking around. Yeah, I. Well, I'm, I think Tom Hardy's just a really good actor in general. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm quite a fan as well. Yeah, so. I thought I thought he absolutely did phenomenal on the Venom movie. And I that movie got a lot of fucking hate, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I enjoyed Venom too. Like I I want to say I didn't watch it in theaters, but I watched it after the, after the fact and was like pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, that was that was not bad. I totally yeah, don't mind I'm, that. I I'm not sure how I feel about their casting decision to have Woody Harrelson play fucking Carnage. Yeah, yeah like that one's weird. That one is a little suspect because. I'll just be fucking blunt. Woody Harrelson does not wear a curly wet rig wig very well at all. No, when they showed that picture, he, it did not. Like I saw that it, picture and I was like, oh, he looks yeah. nothing like the what's Cletus something or whatever from the fucking comic books. Cactus Cletus or something. I want to say. Yeah, I can't remember. I know. I know it's something Cletus, but I, and I've I've fuck man when I was a kid. If you would have told me there would be a Venom and Carnage live action movie coming out, I would have pissed myself. Yeah. As a kid, like I fucking loved it. Like, yeah. I used to play the the Spider-Man game on Sega Genesis yeah. where it had the yeah. flip up top of the cartridge so you could plug another cartridge into it oh, yeah. to get different characters like oh, that. Fuck yeah. That was the fucking shit. So I'm super excited. And I love Woody Harrelson, but I just I don't know if he was the right pick to play yeah. that character. But, yeah, I don't I mean, know. You got you guys do you? Yeah, yeah. It it'll be hard to tell. Like maybe once they drop a trailer or something, and you see a little bit of a minute or something like that. Because yeah, that picture did not do it justice. Like I remember when that first got announced, I was like, oh, Woody Harrelson is Carnage. Sure, I was like, he's good enough. And then like I saw the picture, and I was like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. It makes me wonder if when they were starting to get the Venom movie off the ground, if Woody Harrelson was a fan and like you know kind of like you know made some calls and was like hey if you guys want to take this in a you know venom versus carnage direction i would love to be a part of it you know like i wonder if he tried to insert himself into this Maybe. or if the casting director was gener was genuinely like okay well yeah we're gonna lead this into a carnage movie who's a good pick for carnage oh yeah. i know 70 year old woody fucking harrelson yeah yeah i don't know again again i love woody harrelson but i mean they just it seemed like an odd pick without him campaigning to try and get that role. It feels like just a very odd choice for a casting director to be like, yeah, that's our guy. That's carnage. But yeah, unless yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know enough about the like source carnage material to, to be like you, um, like where you have a better idea of what would be better. Like I was never huge into it, but but, yeah, all, yeah. All, all you have to do is just Google a cell of 
like like a Google image search of a, a cell from the from any of the Carnage uh, comic books and be like, mm, yeah, I'm not really sure how they got that vision going, but hmm. anyway, off yeah. topic a little bit here again, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, Splinter Cell TV so, show. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck <laughs> it, go for it. Yeah. Just throw shit at the wall until something sticks. Yeah, make a Splinter Cell anime series with the John Wick guys. Fucking what? Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> exactly. And then I see The Last of Us. They're gonna yeah. enhance the original game. I bet that's making a lot of people happy and nervous. Yeah. So basically, um, what this happened uh, or where this came from is he was doing um, an interview and uh i don't know who asked him or not but they were like so our like fans are maybe worried that you're gonna like totally change the last of us for this tv show and he said mm-hmm. no 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 like that's that's not what we're doing he said this isn't a case of we just shopped the project out you know we actually have the game's creator so he kind of said like what we're doing is like we're telling that first game story and being that it's a TV show, however long it is, we can just expand and enhance where maybe the game couldn't have, but not like drastically change it. it. Like it'll still very much be that story, but so. So that's a little reassuring. I mean, yeah. again, until we start seeing uh, some like set pictures or maybe a trailer and yeah. stuff come out, I, I still think you're going to have a lot of people nervous. Oh, for sure. Like but I maybe think, not, because it seems like a lot of people are pretty fucking unhappy with the way the second second game went. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how that fan base is doing. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it seems pretty split. Like I thoroughly enjoyed the the last game, but I totally get. And it's a hard thing to know if you haven't played the second game, but I totally get why people are, would not be happy with it. I think it's a total fair argument. Have you played the second one? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I finished, and finished it. And I, it. Yeah, and I I quite enjoyed it, um, but I totally get why people would not. <laughs> I have a buddy. I have my buddy's PlayStation sitting on my desk right now with The Last oh, of Us, yeah. like downloaded and installed. And I've had this thing for almost two weeks now, and I still haven't played it. Oh, really? I'm just I'm nervous. I love the first one so much, and I'm hearing so much hate. Yeah, for I... the second one. I really liked the second one, but I I know I'm probably in the minority with that. But but I liked it. Um, what I will say is, like, regardless of totally off topic talking about video games, but regardless of what you think about the Last of Us Two story, the gameplay in that game is like ridiculously good. So like, it's just a fun game to play. So, mm-hmm. but well, I guess we'll see how this goes. Yeah, but I think this is kind of good news for that last of his tv show like where they're just like yeah we're not going to change a whole lot we're just going to like kind of expand you know so i'm i feel like it would have been an uphill battle if they decided that they were just going to do a last of us but completely new original kind of script idea yeah and and to be honest i don't don't think it would have been made if that was the case no, I th- that would have been a hard fucking sell, I think, because, I mean, what makes The Last of Us The Last of Us is the video game. So to yeah. try and option that IP from someone and then do something completely new and different, I feel like, 
I don't. I feel like it wouldn't have worked out very well for them. Yeah, yeah. And one of the quotes here that he says is, um, he says, "I think fans have something to worry that when the property gets licensed out to someone, those people don't really understand it or are going to change it." And then he says, in this case, I'm doing it with the guy who did it. So the changes that we're making are designed to fill things out and expand, not to undo, but rather to enhance. So. Yeah, and I, that's I can see that, that working out. That sounds yeah. like a good direction to go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that's that that's a really nice way of saying, like, hey, we're going to make a Last of Us TV series that's going to tell the last of a story, but we also have room to do a little bit of our own thing and maybe expand it here where we think we can and we think it'll be good, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like here, here, here's a flashback, you know, telling, you know, showing like something Joel did and, you know, his previous time, you know, in the Last of Us wasteland, you know, or something yeah. like that, right? Or, yeah, who knows, right? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I feel like it's it's good news. I mean, I think once more information comes out about this show, like I think once they announce casting, people are either gonna be super on board with this show or super not. <laughs> yeah, that's really what's got me kind of like on the edge of my seat. Like, who are they casting and in what roles? Yeah. So like, like I think once they announce that then it'll be people can go, oh, that's actually, you know, pretty decent can like casting or people will just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Right? And like, as long as they don't and as long as they don't beat the franchise to death, like, no, like the fucking Walking Dead. Like I, I read an art and I know when I stopped watching the Walking Dead was right after like the introduction of Negan. Oh, yeah. I watched like a the few, whole. I want to say I watched a few seasons after that. See, and that's kind of where like that whole show just kind of faded out for me. And then I was reading some articles and stuff like that where they were like surveying like Walking Dead and stuff like that, like the fans. And it seems like the majority of people who fucking gave up on that show gave up on that show at that like same time frame as when I gave up on it. And I found that very interesting. Yeah, I want to say I kind of stopped watching that show when Andrew Lincoln left. Like they wrote and him I out of the, they wrote didn't him even know he left. Yeah, it was like a few seasons after the Negan stuff, and I actually enjoyed that, like the Negan stuff. And then, but like I, I had realized I was like, okay, that, like for me, I was like, this show has gone on way too long, um, and I just kind of was watching it just to like keep watching it. But I really liked the Andrew Lincoln character, and then they announced they were like, hey, we're gonna do a movie with him in the Walking Dead universe. So they wrote him out of the show to set up this movie and i was like i think this is just where i'm out <laughs> and andrew lincoln that's carl's dad right yeah yeah so they, they just so they took him out but carl was still in there yeah he's still in there um and they wrote him out to set up um a movie based in the walking dead universe with him um so yeah so he just abandons his son no not really he he gets taken by some mm. people and stuff so and then his uh oh man what's her name she was oh the asian guy who got killed by negan yeah yeah his girlfriend in that show i can't remember her name she's out she, too she's gone too yeah 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 so she like, left shortly after him so yeah and those are the people that like i thoroughly enjoyed on the show so like yeah. 
And maybe that's why I stopped after the whole Negan thing, because after they killed off um, that guy that I can't think of his fucking Glenn. name for the life of me, Glenn. Yeah. That's kind of where I was like, mm. that and the fucking way they filmed it. Oh, yeah. It was like the, it, there was several episodes, like the one where the they're like, and this was before Negan, where they're set up in the prison and then the zombies manage to get into the prison. Right, yeah. And start like pseudo somehow silently killing people in the prison, which was like a fucked up premise in itself because they're not right. quiet. But anyway, that it rem- it's very reminiscent of that uh, Game of Thrones battle in the last season where like it's so fucking dark. You just can't see shit. Yeah, so like, I remember watching that episode, and I I st- I just I listened. I started playing on my phone. I'm like, I'm not even gonna look at the fucking screen because I can't see anything. Yeah, my my big issue with The Walking Dead, um, like when I was watching it, is like it just they dragged out so much shit to the point where I was like, I don't care about your plot lines anymore because you just keep dragging it out and never fucking mm-hmm. resolving it. And then when they did resolve it, it was never, they drawed it out way too long and they weren't good enough at writing the conclusion that it wasn't satisfying enough. And I was like, really? That's what I waited like three fucking seasons for that. Yeah. And then I was just like, that's, that's horseshit. Um, You're not, you're not that good uh, to do that. And then, and then, yeah, I just kind of kept watching because I liked Andrew Lincoln and his character. And then they were like, yeah, we're going to write him out and he's going to do um, like a separate movie. And I was like, I think I'm just done with The Walking Dead and maybe I'll come yeah. back one day. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Who knows? But... Yeah. Oh, well. But yeah, hopefully The Last of Us TV show. <laughs> just get super <laughs> off topic on a lot of these, but oh, well. Eh, whatever. I if it's good conversation, I'm. That's the point of this. So, but yeah. yeah it's... Well, and like talking, and then see, like talking of animated series, we have a Green Hornet animated series coming out. Where's that being shopped to? Um, let's see. It's being done by Kevin Smith. And is it been shopped around yet? I don't know. Let's see here. Hmm. I don't think it's been shopped around yet. So no no home for that one yet. No, I don't think so. So I think it's just him <sighs> kind of working on it and developing it. Like it seems like it's very early stages of development, so And so, and again, like I, I like Kevin Smith and I'm like I've been God, I've been praying for years that they would start giving him superhero movies to do because like there's no bigger superhero fucking fan yeah in hollywood bigger than him mm-hmm. like there just isn't yeah. like he he fucking wrote storylines for batman comics like yeah. this like it doesn't get any more legit than kevin smith but yeah. they never give him anything just be i'm guessing just because you know his past they look at clerks and dogma and see lots of dick and joke dick and fart jokes and they're like well this isn't what we want for our blockbuster but i mean they're stupid not to give him one because no one's going to do a better job of coming up with a fucking superhero script than that guy yeah and we've talked about that before and like if i was a studio i don't know that i would give kevin smith like a tentpole superhero movie but like a total small budget like b-tier superhero yeah i'd do that that seems like a smart bet 
Yeah, I've secretly been hoping that something like that's going to happen, given the fact that he's directed episodes of Supergirl and Arrow and The Flash and all these other DC ones. And he wrote, you know, for like had his own like Batman series. Yeah. But I mean, I guess we'll I guess we'll see what happens. But we come to an animated series and the Green Hornet was never one of my favorite superheroes. And that Green Hornet movie with Seth Rogen, I feel like most people want to forget about it almost as much as they want to forget about Ryan Reynolds as the Green Lantern. Yeah. And I never watched that Green Hornet movie. So and I'll save your time. Yeah, it wasn't that good. I don't think I will. Um, I, I I'm a big fan of Seth Rogen. I thoroughly enjoy the majority of the movies he does. Because I really like his sense of humor. I think yeah. him and his writing partner, Evan Goldberg, are fantastic at what they do. But he should never have played the Green Hornet. Yeah, He was not, he was not a good Green Hornet. Fair enough. And I, I don't know, like, I, I, I don't think I've ever even read a Green Hornet comic. So I don't, I don't really know shit about the original stuff. That's fair. I didn't read a lot of the comics either. But I just know, like, having seen Green Hornet, like him pop up in various comics and stuff like that. Again, it was a casting decision where I'm like, what? But I feel like that was on the heels of a lot of his success, you know? Like, and you know how when an actor, you know, has a stream of successful movies that make bank, they pretty mm-hmm. much get the, the green light to make any kind of passion project they want. Yeah. And that was the case for Green Hornet. He wanted a Green Hornet movie and he wanted yeah. to be in it. And the studio's like, well, you're making us fat stacks right now. Fuck yeah. Here's your green light. Here's some money. Go do whatever you want. And it just, he shouldn't have been Green Hornet. I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like that movie could have been a lot better with someone else in that role. And I. I love Seth Rogen. So, yeah. My apologies to Seth, but it just. It wasn't the role for him. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I really don't have too many thoughts on a Green Hornet animated show. I mean, I'll probably check it out, but. I'll check it out pending on where it lands. If it lands on a streaming service that I'm already a member of, yeah, yeah. I'll have a peekaboo. But you might, you're probably not going to pay for it. Probably not. I don't know if I'll go out of my way to see it either. And again, like yeah. I love, I love Kevin Smith, so I want to support him in all of his endeavors because I want to see him keep pumping out content. But <sighs> I just don't know. Yeah, I think this would be a case of like, oh, I was browsing Netflix and oh, hey, here's the Kevin Smith Green Hornet animated series and I've got I've got nothing in my queue, so whatever, I'll check this out. Yeah. I I would much rather watch if anything ever comes of it, like cuz I haven't really read too much more into what the status was, but he was supposed to be doing a live action He-Man Master of the Universe for Netflix. That's something that I would check out and get behind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the deal with that is. I think it was like getting ready where they're like, yeah, finalizing stuff. And then they just kind of put it on the shelf. Huh. If I recall correctly, I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember that. But. But. Making an animated series where I think it's very early. Like, I think it just by the sounds of it, it got announced that like he's like, hey, I'm. I'm making this, and that's yeah, and at the extent of like where it's been. So, I think it's very early. So, when we'll end up seeing it, I have no idea. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that's that. And, and then yeah, Jason Bateman, another a Netflix movie. 
Yeah, he's going to direct a heist film called Here Comes the Flood. So I'm down for this because he's been a big part of Ozark, like creatively, I believe. So he's directed lots, if not all of the episodes, right? And I think he's a writer on there too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, Let's see. I want to say he he's a writer on it. Well, and he definitely uh, did some directing. Yeah, I know he I know he did directing. Yeah, he directed um one of the seasons, like the whole season. I don't remember which one. He doesn't have any writing credits, but he like I, I know he produces it, so I think mm. I think I think he's got like I think he's involved in the creative stuff of that show. Um, a fair a fair bit so yeah yeah i so i mean i i like i like jason bateman and i love seeing him in these dramatic roles yeah i don't so i'm curious if he's gonna be in the movie or if he's just strictly attached as a director um, like is he transitioning from actor to director and that's where he's trying to put his focus now or it says right now bateman is only being eyed to direct so I think for now it's just directing it, but that could change. And I, I love heist movies. So I mean, yeah, I, me too. Whether Bateman's attached to it or not, as long as they don't go like super low budget with the film, I I'm fucking all for it. Like these, uh, these decently budgeted, uh, Netflix blockbusters that they keep fucking releasing. I've enjoyed all of them so far. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. So, so yeah, if they do, and Netflix even did like a decent uh, that heist movie with uh, fucking Ben Affleck and uh, who else was in it? Uh, Pedro Pascal was in it, and oh, the soldier one. Yeah, and I thought that one was all right. Yeah, so, I actually liked that one. Yeah, so like I think, like I, I, I Jason Bateman, you know, decently developed netflix heist movie yeah i'm down for this i'm down yeah for i'm all i'm all for it i'm a, I'm, like, I'm a jason bateman fan so and he's just been getting better and better with the years i yeah. was kind of getting sick of seeing him in the constant like comedic roles where he you know he's in a comedy but his character is not meant to be funny but just comes across funny yeah like i feel like if you look at um the date the date game night that he did with uh oh yeah with uh, rachel mcadams i yeah, really like, enjoyed that it, movie i i did too but i mean if you look at that movie and then you look at like horrible bosses right, and you yeah. look at um uh extract he's the same fucking character in like all five of those movies yeah for sure like his his comedy is very like yeah very one dimensional i guess right yeah, so I, I like seeing him in more dramatic roles, but I like the fact that he's kind of transitioning because I like I've loved every season of Ozark, so Yeah, and uh, I think he's proved he's proved his he's got directing chops because he beat out um best director um for the last season of Game of Thrones, which I mean that's that's kind of another hard feat, but 
No, that's a super fucking easy feat. I feel like whoever directed the latest season of Dora the Explorer could beat out the directors of fucking Game of Thrones for that last piece of shit season. Yeah, probably. Probably. Sorry, that uh, that, that last season of Game of Thrones is just a, a real sore spot for me. Oh, yeah. I think it is for a lot of people. So, But yes, I'm, I'm all for a fucking heist movie. I, I would love to see it. Yeah, and I kind of hope that he, um, like right now... Um, he's just had to direct, but I kind of hope he's he's acting in it too. Um, I think that'd be all right. I, I f- and I feel like if he's directing to it, I feel like somehow he's gonna slide in a uh, some sort of producer role too. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, I'd be curious if he ends up actually acting in it or if he's just straight up directing it. Um, because mm-hmm. I, I I'd be all right if he was acting in it too. Um, just because it's, it's like he said lately, like kind of his more serious roles with, you know, Ozark and The Outsider, even though he was he wasn't in The Outsider a whole lot. But I think what he was in was really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah. And I think he's got I think he's got a really good Netflix relationship, um, like with the success of Ozark. So. um, Yeah. I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm down for this. I think good for him. I think he's 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 earned this, right? So, and I think he's got the good enough relationship with Netflix that they're that they picked it up and and are doing it. So, I, I this is another reason, I guess, just how like it seems like anytime you talk to like big big actors or even like big directors um, who end up signing on with Netflix, like I. Anytime I've ever seen an interview, they always just are like, yeah, the relationship is amazing. Like, it's one of the better ones I've had. Like, uh, yeah, I was watching a variety does like a, a round table kind of with a bunch of like, they'll do like a director's round table and they'll talk to like all of the, they'll have like a round table discussion with all of the Oscar directors of whatever the year is. And mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese was talking about, um, how we did the Irishman with Netflix and like, a very old school like director that's been around forever. Um, and he was just like, yeah, the deal was with Netflix was amazing. He like, he totally loved it. And he was like, I'm totally probably going to do future stuff with them. So like, it seems like Netflix is just awesome to work with. So. Well, it's, it's, it, it definitely comes across like they have a very, uh, HBO esque approach to their, yeah. To where the they deals re- that they make with creators where it's like, hey, here's your, you know, tell us what you need, yeah. how much money you need, here it is, do yeah. your thing. Like, they're very yeah. hands-off. Like, they give almost yeah. complete creative freedom to whoever's creating for them. Yeah, where they'll kind of take a pitch from someone and kind of maybe be like, okay, we can't give you that budget, but we can give you this and and do your own thing, right? You know, so mm-hmm. it seems like they're, they're, yeah, very much like that, which I... I, it's clearly working out for them, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm on board for it. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Okay, but this is something that I just found out about last week that okay. I'm like super tempted to fucking check out, but it's like the world's biggest time commitment. Yeah, and that that's the Marvel supercut. Have you heard about this? I I don't know if I've heard about the supercut. I have heard of. I know a lot of theaters. Uh, like leading up to like Infinity War or whatever, I remember reading like a few theaters were like, "Yo, we're playing every Marvel movie back to back before," and like no, you can the, buy like one ticket. 
so this is in the same vein, but different. So, so is this like, like a fan edited, like yes, cut one whole forty-eight hour movie together, where it's just kind like, of okay. It, it, it actually goes beyond that. So I mean, honestly, the only way that you'd be able to watch this in good conscience is if you own all the Marvel movies, because the only way to get your hands on this is to torrent it, which. I mean, obviously, torrenting movies that you don't actually own physical copies of is illegal. There's the disclaimer. But some fucking guy sat down and made a Marvel supercut, and it's rumored to be 49 hours. Yeah, I'm looking at... um, But it's not... Yeah, It's not every Marvel movie in order. No. This guy sat down and edited every Marvel scene in chronological order. Yeah. So it's not like you sit down and you're like, okay, here's Iron Man 1, then Iron Man 2, and then this other Marvel movie where it's just Marvel movie after Marvel movie. Yeah. This guy made a super cut where it is literally scene by scene. So you could be watching half yeah. of Iron Man 1, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got some scenes from a different Marvel movie, but chronologically, that's where it takes place. Yeah. Like, it's super intriguing. Because, you know, a lot of these Marvel movies, they jump back and forth, right? Yeah. They'll do flashbacks or callbacks to previous things. Or, you know, you'll be watching this Marvel movie and they'll be like a flashback to this scene from, you know, that took place, you know, four movies ago. But it's in this Marvel movie. And this guy sat down and pieced every fucking scene together in chronological order. Like, I don't, I can't, can't even wrap my head around how long. That would it take or like token the file size is 400 gigs yeah it's fucking massive 46 plus hours yeah yeah Yeah, that's kind of insane that's and this is so fucking rad as shit like talk about an amazing quarantine project (laughs) yeah right right like fuck me like yeah this is rad so yeah, like it's super fucking tempting, but I mean like that is a massive time commitment in its own. Yeah, forty nine yeah. hours, right? But I mean it's su- it's incredibly intriguing. Oh fuck yeah! Because I I watched all of the Marvel movies, so I'm curious yeah. to see like how yeah. about that this is all spliced and edited together. But like I've I've read some comments from people who've actually watched it, and they're like, no, it's it's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of uh, uh, yeah, it's rad as fuck that that this guy did it and that it's out there. So yeah, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about. I don't like, know. If, I don't know if I'll ever get around to actually watching it, but like, yeah, super enough. fucking intriguing, nonetheless. Hey, maybe like one time if I've if I'm like on vacation and don't have anything to do. Just be like, fuck well, it, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> I, I could, I, and I, I, I could probably do, you know, 12, 13 hours of yeah. like sitting down in one go, but I'd have to end it at like, I couldn't go past that. So, like, yeah, because I've binged entire series, like oh, a yeah. whole season or something like that in one go, right? So, I mean, yeah. like, it, I, sh- I could be doing so much more with my time, don't get me wrong, yeah. but I mean, like, that 12-ish hour mark, it's doable. But oh, yeah, I mean, sure, if we're yeah. talking like 49 hours, right? Like you yeah. need you need four or five days. Yeah. To, to to sit down and do this. Oh yeah. 
yeah no for sure like i i've i've done the same things and like i remember back when i was like in high school or something i i had some vacation or something like that and i watched like the pretty much almost the entirety of smallville in one week and that's all i did <laughs> like not probably not the best use of a week's vacation but whatever i enjoyed my time with it well, you're on vacation <laughs> you do you right uh, yeah so so yeah this is awesome i'm so glad someone did this and yeah it's pretty impressive yeah like it's it's kind of fucking ridiculous in the most rad awesome way um so like on its face value you're just like that is fucking ridiculous but so fucking awesome <laughs> yeah it's pretty stellar yeah so so maybe yeah. one day one day so if, if i guess the moral of this one is if you have a, a spare 49 hours um watch the marvel supercut maybe yeah um, maybe it, or <laughs> if you've never actually seen any of the marvel movie yeah then maybe maybe queue up uh Queue up the 49 hour cut. Yeah, and just check it out a couple hours at a time. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, now should we talk about all these fucking Emmy noms? Yeah. Because yes. there's a lot. Mm hmm. And a there's lot, lot. some that I'm definitely all fucking for. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to see, like, uh, um, The Watchmen. And it's funny that I'm happy to see The Watchmen, but I actually haven't uh, I haven't watched that, that, that series yet. But I was a big fan of the movies, and it's been high on my priority list for a while because I fucking love Trent Reznor and Atticus yep. and their, uh, their movie scores. Yep. Some of the best movie scores I've ever heard in my life were done by those two. But yep. I'm also a huge Nine Inch Nails fan, so maybe I'm a little biased, but like... Fair enough. The soundtrack to the social network is by by and large probably my favorite like movie score ever done. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it was super solid. And I I, I liked The Watchmen. I mean it was it was a really weird fucking show. Um, but it was pretty good too, though. Well, and I heard it was a completely different take, so I mean... Well, it, it takes place after uh, yeah. events, so it's... um. So yeah, like, that part is weird, like, because it kind of ties into... um, Like, it, it takes place... I can't remember when it actually takes place, but... But, yeah. It, like, I, I enjoy my time with it, and it's short. It's like eight or ten episodes, and that's it. I don't think they're doing any more. Oh really? Just a one-off series? Yeah, I think it was just like a one-off season. I don't, I don't know that they're doing any more. Um, and if I remember rightly, when when they let, left it off, it's just like okay, yeah, no, like you, that's the end. So, hmm. I'm happy right, the then. the Mandalorians getting some love. Yeah, lots of streaming stuff. Yeah, which yeah. is good to see. Yeah. Like I'm happy that people are taking them like a little more seriously because I didn't like it when uh, who was it Spielberg came out and was like, "Fuck these streaming services, they shouldn't be yeah. allowed." Yeah, pretty much. 
Sorry, wow. Spielberg, but fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, looks like the Mandalorian's getting some love for uh, their tech that they use in that show, which is the, the tech that they use um, is kind of insane. If you if you watch some of the behind the scenes, they, they don't use any green screens. They digitally render everything basically using Unreal Engine and then drop it in. Really? Yeah, that's why it's uh, that's why their production times are so much shorter is because they basically render it all render it all in like Unreal Engine almost. And then they just drop the background on in like in a bunch of screens behind. And that way, whoever's acting, it is the, the, their background isn't a green screen. Their background is the actual footage that has been rendered and created so that they can actually see the environment. That's pretty impressive. And it's super quick, like how they do it. And it's John Favreau has been using that tech uh, like he used that tech in the Jungle Book and the Lion King movies. Um, oh, okay. so, he's, so he's been using that tech and he's been a big proponent of that tech and then they used it in the Mandalorian and uh, and yeah it's uh, and it looks amazing like I don't know if you've watched the Mandalorian but not yet it uh, like if you watch it like um, and just like actually know when you're watching it that they didn't use a green screen for anything and that's all just digitally rendered CGI you'll kind of be like what like that's kind of insane um Minus like their small set pieces or whatever, but yeah, well, that has me. Yeah, that has me curious. Yeah, but yeah, so I'm uh, super happy to see all these streaming places get nominations. I find it wild because what did I just see there? Like, hundred and sixty nominations for Netflix. Yeah. Um, yep, and then HBO came in second with a hundred and seven. And then like NBC was the third with 47. That's wild, though. Yeah. 160. Like, that's a record. It says that's a record. Yeah. For, for like, a single network. So, like, 160 yeah. nominations. Like, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, the record was last year by HBO, and I don't know what that was last year. But, but yeah, and I think it, sh it shows kind of, like, how we were talking about earlier. Like, they're just, they're doing good stuff, and it's paying off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at even what is it? Uh, the Apple TV series, The Morning Show, uh, looks like it gets it got some love. Um, so, which I mean, good for them. But at the same yeah. time, like once Apple launched like their Apple TV Plus and their like exclusive shows, yeah, I remember seeing trailers for a bunch of shows that they were going to be bringing exclusively to Apple TV Plus. Yeah, me too. And I haven't watched any of them and I completely nope. forgot about all of them. The only yeah. one actually that has uh has my interest is the one that um buddy from fucking It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia does. Oh he yeah, runs yeah. A game studio. That's right. Yeah, that's, I remember what that one was called. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called either. That's the only one that's even on my list of shows that I actually want to watch. Mm -hmm. But that's just because I I like I like him as an actor and I really love it's always sunny in philadelphia i think that's one of the most underrated television series of all time yeah yeah but then i'm like i'm also happy to see like uh fx when they did their tv version of what we do in the shadows fucking oh, yeah. hilarious so super happy that they're getting some some nominations too because i, I want to see that show keep going too yeah i never watched that that one so did you ever see the movie no 
you should watch the movie because that that's only like 80 90 minutes out of your life and if you find the movie funny then then you're gonna fucking love the television show fair enough because it's that it's that like group of like uh new zealand guys yeah yeah i think think, what was it they did the the it crowd yeah oh it's yeah it's fucking hilarious that movie was absolutely hilarious oh yeah yeah i'm i'm curious what the fuck the emmys will look like this year too because they're in a similar situation to like the oscars where like every year like they like their ratings just keep getting lower and lower and yeah well you know it, it's funny that we're both happy to see like streaming services and stuff like get a little bit more appreciation and get some more yeah. nods yeah. but given the like how viewership and stuff for these award shows seems to be yeah. dropping significantly every year yeah. like i almost feel like we're on pace to a point where they're just they're not gonna fucking matter anymore no there's no. so much content coming out yeah. on like a yearly basis now that I imagine there's tons of shows that should have been nominated, but were just overlooked just because there's just too much to look at to try and sift through and figure out what deserves a nomination and what doesn't. So I feel like there's lots of stuff that's just being completely forgotten about. Oh, for sure. And if they keep pumping out this crazy amount of content on a yearly basis and it just keeps becoming more and more because every platform's going to want to compete with every other platform it's going to get to a point where they just won't be able to sift through it. And at that point, like if you're not even looking at some of these TV shows for nominations, then is there really any merit to your award show? Yeah, that is true. And, and like it's, it's based off submissions, right? So like Netflix can choose what they want to submit. Right. So like, it's not like the, the voters of the Emmys have to watch everything and then vote. Like, it's whatever gets submitted, right? So Netflix could be like, yeah, we're not submitting Ozark for some fucking reason, just as an example. And then they don't get a vote on it, right? So, oh, See, I did not know that it was a submission-based thing. Yeah, which is the same as the Oscars, right? Like, you've got to submit uh, to, like, the awards show and be like, we're, we want to nominate this for, like, this, can this, you- and this. But you can nominate yourself, I assume. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like Netflix, I think, would be like, you know, we want to put this in these categories, and then they vote on it. Uh, like, they do, like, a preliminary vote, from what I understand, where, like, they take all the submissions, and then, like, they do, like, the preliminary voting of, like, okay, we're going to accept these submissions. Um, because, like, the submissions aren't um, going to be revealed till September 20th uh, during an ABC Jimmy Kimmel presentation. And then that's when we'll get the list of like, hey, best, you know, limited series drama. Here are the the five um, that were submitted and voted on. And then the voting for what wins comes later. Right. Yeah. So interesting. But. But yeah, like I. I, I'm really fucking curious what what the fuck this looks like. Um I, is there even going to be a live Emmy ceremony with everything going on? Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I bet. I bet they go with an on, an online route, unless maybe they just pull an Oscars and postpone. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I honestly think like just put put it online. Um, it, maybe they'll announce it that because September twentieth, Kimmel is going to announce it on 
on his host, and he decided to take the whole summer off from that show. So, <laughs> I wonder if that was because he wanted some time off, or because everyone was starting to get fucking heated with him again because of the Carl Malone shit. I think it was a mixture of a whole bunch of stuff where he was just <laughs> like, "We're doing this from home anyway." Um, so he's just going to get a bunch of guest fillers to do this show while he's off and he can just kind of do it in the background and fucking take it off for the whole summer because they're in a pandemic and doing it from home anyway. And I, a lot, I know a lot of the big media companies in the States have like already said, like people are not returning to physical locations until 2021. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I'm curious what the fuck Emmys, the Emmys look like this year. If it's a fucking live stream, you know, with no audience or something, it, what the fuck that looks like? Do you fucking yeah, patch a winner in on a Zoom call and then they they fucking give their acceptance speech and then instead of having the problem of m- music cueing them out, you can just kick them out of the call? Yeah. That would, I, I think that would be fucking... The Zoom chat. I think that would be fucking hilarious because it solves the age old problem where like they slowly ramp up the music and people just like talk louder. That way they could just be like, and eh, kill them out of the Zoom call or something stupid like that. That would be hilarious. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. But yeah, so I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I just want to see. I just I'm curious to see where we land, you know, like three, four, five years from now. Yeah. What the fuck these ceremonies look like and. If they're even still here in four or five years, <laughs> I yeah, think well, they I mean, probably. They... I think they will be. I just because I think the like the internal entertainment industry um, likes them too much, but. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and you know, I'm assuming as an actor, you want awards for what you've done. Yeah. So. But I mean, it's just yeah, like falling f- falling viewership and just. Yeah. The amount of fucking content that's coming out, like they they really are essentially almost to the point where they don't they are kind of pointless. Like it's just yeah. a glorified thing anymore. Yeah. I yeah, feel like much. once upon a time people strived like we yeah. gotta do the best because we want these Emmy noms or we have to put yeah. together a masterpiece film because we really want this Oscar. Yeah. And I feel like now now creative types are like not writing their shows in the hopes of getting awards and recognition they're just writing the show because they're truly doing it as like a passion or they enjoy it yeah and i think the landscape has also changed too like i think if you looked back in that day it was like having those awards got you some reverence with like a studio right so like the studio could then be like okay we want to do some business with you right you know but in the age now we're like you have some small, you know, creators doing something and you can now shop it around to these streaming platforms and they look at your, you know, work and they can go, okay, like we'll give you like Netflix has fucking tons of small budget shit that probably no one ever watches, but it gets picked up at Netflix, right? Yeah. You know, so like there's now an age where you can take this, you know, it, it's almost like the new age straight to VOD, right? You know, or new age, like straight to uh, VHS or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, like we're now like instead of like, you know, a small creator like 
that can't even get in the room back in the day with like a studio like they just wouldn't even let them on the fucking warner brothers lot like now a netflix can maybe you know they probably got dedicated people that just go over fucking pitches that they get and then they go oh hey well, you really like that right like there's more opportunity to get get your shit out there versus i think back in the heyday you know when the oscars and the emmys were this really revered thing like it got you a lot of weight and you could it would open up doors for you, but I feel like there's just more doors open now. So, yeah. And I kind of feel like it's definitely shifting more to a profit slash content over praise thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, I don't care if you get an Oscar nom, but Oh, yeah. you've managed to bring in like 5 million concurrent viewers. That's more important to us than a fucking statue. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, a few years ago when, you know, these streaming services were just kind of starting to come into awards. I feel like it was a bigger deal for them to get nominations then um, because then like the industry as a whole, like took them more seriously. Right. But I think mm-hmm. if you look at it today, you know, you it's like I was saying earlier, like you have someone like a Martin Scorsese that is doing, you know, his next big movie straight on Netflix. It comes out on Netflix the, the same day, you know, like. So I think they've got that reputation now where people have that versus a few years ago. That probably wasn't the case, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Content delivery is definitely shifting dramatically. Yeah. yeah. So. But I'm on, I'm on board for it. I like the fact that I can just flick on my TV and watch this like new movie that everyone's talking about and how entertaining it is oh, and not yeah. have to. F- yeah. And again, if it's like, a big blockbuster movie that's in a theater, I'm still going to go to a theater, but I oh, like yeah. the fact yeah. that a lot of these, I can just turn on my TV and I'm good to go. Oh, hell yeah. Of course. So yeah, I'm curious to know what these Emmys look like, what this show looks like. If it's virtual, if they just postpone it, who knows? Yeah. I, my, my guess is they're going to postpone. Yeah. I think they're going to follow. I think they're playing it by a day by day thing based on, you know, what's happening in the in the u.s but i feel like they're gonna go the direction of the oscars and they're gonna just hold off in hopes or they do like a an audience list kind of the the logistics behind doing something like that strictly online and having you know patching someone in because like yeah maybe you have it all lined up and you're like you get everyone in a fucking zoom call just you you know while they're announcing it and then you you just focus but like like fuck if you're a director or someone who's nominated and you're like sitting at home and all of a sudden you have a blackout like there's just so many unforeseen you you would almost you would almost have to pre-record it yeah i don't think i don't think you would be able to do it live and if you don't do it live i think that takes away yeah because if you pre-record everything that leaves everything up to fucking dicey editing right yeah you know, like, or do you you pre-record your thank you speech and then they put together the Emmys and you watch it and you're like, wow, I had a five minute speech and da da da, but they chopped it down to thirty seconds, right? Like, yeah, you know, maybe they do some weird ass hybrid where it's, you know, in person but socially distanced and it's this weird fucking thing on broadcast. Who knows? I don't know be fucking weird as shit when it happens yeah time will tell yeah 
I think that's all, all the right. news for the week. Yeah, and that, that's quite a bit of news too. Yeah. So I watched some stuff. I see that. I watched you rewatched Bombshell. Oh no! I, I for some reason I was thinking Atomic Blonde. Oh no! We talked about Bombshell, but you hadn't watched it yet. No, no. So I watched it um, for the first time. That movie was really fucking good. Yeah, Charlize Theron, fucking her Megan Kelly was yeah. solid. Yeah, um, and the cast that like people just kept popping up that I was just like, oh shit, it's that person. Oh shit, it's that yeah. person. Like the movie had everyone in it. Yeah, um, and they were all really good. Um, like uh, what was it like halfway through the movie? Um, like the chairperson comes down, and I was like, oh shit, that's Malcolm McDonald. I was like, fuck. Um, yeah, and it was just like a super solid movie. Uh, John Lithgow uh, was also amazing. He played a, a, you know, really great creepy guy. Yeah, he fucking certainly did. Uh, yeah, but I think John, John, I think John Lithgow is an amazing actor. Um, so I yeah, I I I, uh, I thoroughly like him. Yeah, he um his performance there kind of reminded me of how rock star he was in. I think it was the second season of The Crown or the first season. Um, he did really good there too. Um, I re- I really liked him in Dexter. Oh yeah, he was really good in Dexter too. Yeah, like yep. really good as a fucking as the Trinity Killer. Yeah. Yep. I think John Lennon great in general. Yeah, he's he's a he's a very solid actor. Yeah. Um. But. But yeah, like overall, big fan. Like, I thought the direction they went in with it was re- like really good. Like, I think it was pretty spot on telling that story. I really liked how they actually tied in, um, like when Megan Kelly was doing like real life interviews, how they like made it look like Charlize Theron was giving the interviews and like using the actual footage. Like, I thought they actually did a pretty good job with that. I don't know if that's something you noticed when you watched it. I don't know if I really did. But like, uh, so like there was, um, uh, I think uh, when she's interviewing the candidates at like one of the conventions or something, they actually had Charlize Theron, like they framed her and shot her and then they would like edit to like the real life footage of like the actual responses that the candidates gave to Megyn Kelly. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought they did a really good job with that. Um, and I thought the writing was super smart, too. Like, like how they wrote it. Um, yeah, well, I, I, like, I don't, didn't give a shit about Megan Kelly. And I yeah. didn't really know a whole lot about her other than she lost her show after saying yeah. that she thinks it's okay for people to do blackface on <laughs> right. Halloween. Yeah. So, like, that was my whole, like, knowledge base of Megan Kelly other than, like, she was kind of a pseudo-Trump supporter. But right. I ended up, like, I watched that with uh, with Lindsay, and we both like really enjoyed it. It was just very well put together, and yeah, yeah, and like the kind of like fourth wall break stuff that she does periodically. Like I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, that that stuff is really well done. Um, mm-hmm. And like I, uh, as someone who didn't know like a lot of the the background of that story and stuff, like it was like when all that shit happened. I remember like reading like the headline and going like, oh, okay. Um, but like it never really knew uh, much about it. 
but it was also no yeah me neither um pretty fascinating or like kind of how it all played out and all of that stuff so yeah like it makes thought- me wonder how how far away we are from a fucking uh harvey weinstein type oh, movie prob- like that oh uh, yeah probably yeah i don't know I, you got to think someone's probably thinking of one. I would imagine. So, but yeah, totally. It was a totally random watch for us as well, and and <laughs> we both we both thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, and that was kind of I was just relaxing one night and going through the movies, and I was like, "Oh shit, bombshell!" I was like, "I'm gonna check this out." And yeah, I thought it was super good. Uh, Charlie Theron was great, and one thing that I love. Uh, like you almost don't know it's Charlie's there on. Like whoever did the um like prosthetics and makeup for her did a phenomenal job. Cause like she doesn't really look like Charlie's there on. No, then, she looks like Megan Kelly. Yeah, like I like when I was watching, I did like double take. I was like, is that actually Charlie's there on? And I was like, shit, like whoever whoever the makeup and like prosthetic artist for for her was like, give them a fucking raise. Cause like, holy shit, they they look fucking like it looks really good. Yeah. Um, like really good. So I was like, damn. Like, yeah. So super solid. And like Charlie Theron kind of reminds me of like Brad Pitt with like just how much like range she has. Like she's able yeah. to like she's got really good range where she can do all these different characters and like play a Furiosa in in Mad Max and do that like really good and then do like this character in bombshell right like i think she's just got incredible range too yeah and then switch over to an ass kicking fucking superhero yeah and then do uh you know rom-com with seth rogan right yeah Yeah, and she kills all of them right i mean i i don't think she's underrated like i think hollywood definitely appreciates her but i i think like the general populace just doesn't give her as much credit as she deserves for yeah. the type of acting that she does. Like, like obviously they, she's, you know, she gets paid big bucks in Hollywood and she's yeah. part of all these big movies, but like yeah. you don't really hear the average person talk about how amazing of an actress she is. No. Whereas I think like in Hollywood, she's kind of like probably like a Brad Pitt level where like, you know, she's very well respected, right. You know, from probably all of that. Right. But yeah, yeah, probably the the general movie audience is probably not giving her the respect she. But yeah, I mean, that, not that also, appreciating the talent. Yeah, but that also could be because maybe the general audience, you know, a lot of what they're seeing her in is like Fast and the Furious. <laughs> you know, maybe that's yeah. what they're thinking of, right? Is like, oh yeah, right, she was in the Fate of the Furious, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you know, it may, maybe that's a problem too, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, fair enough maybe the the general movie going audience isn't watching her like i guess lower budget kind of serious dramas right yeah so but. but no i'm happy i'm happy like did i figure that would be up your alley but i was a little like uncertain but oh yeah i'm glad that you liked it as much as i did oh yeah and, and i love like like the real life um tales like shows done like that um, like I'm always a fan of that. Like if it's a if it's an interesting story, I'm always a fan of like, hey, here's here's the take on this thing that you heard about, um, but you maybe don't know all the details about, right? Yeah. So, and I thought the cast was just 
like fucking rock star cast like yeah they just kept popping out of the fucking woodwork there yeah like i look at the imdb and you look at this cast and you're just like how did you get charlie theron nicole kidman margot robbie john lithgow allison janey malcolm mcdonald kate mckinnon how did you get all those like you just what was the budget for this thing yeah like (laughs) like you just look at that cast and you're just like, fuck me. Like, Jesus. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, and as I was watching it, like, they just kept popping up and popping up. And I was like, my God, this is like one of those cases where you're just like, this cast is ridiculous. Um, Like, I think another movie that I thought about uh, that was, oh, it was one with Mark Ruffalo and had Rachel McAdams. It was a reporting one. Oh, what was it? Was that the one where they reported on like the Catholics? Yes. I don't remember what the name was. I it's not ring. I it's actually in my uh, my tracked uh, to watch movie list, but I haven't it's, seen it yet. It's really spotlight. It's mm-hmm. really good, and like it was like one of those movies where the same thing. Like you look at the cast, and you're just like, how did you get that cast? Like, um, like you look at the cast of spotlight and it's mark ruffalo michael keaton rachel mcadams Liev schreider john slatery stanley tucci and like there's a few more other people like you just look at it and you're just like wow talk about a great yeah. cast, right like yeah so Some, that, sometimes studios just hit it out of the park with that yeah exactly so it's it's great but so yeah before before we move on to the next one that you watched here on our list Speaking of Lee Schreiber, have you gotten around to finishing Ray Donovan yet? No, no, I haven't. Ah! I, have, I have it all queued up. I have it all. Um, I might, I might take a break because I, uh, like, I just finished Umbrella Academy season one, so maybe I'll watch some Ray Donovan now. Um, but it's on my list because because I kind of want to put myself through that pain and just like get to the end just so that I can feel your pain and like feel well, like I, I really. I really want to like hear your thoughts on on this like the final season that just happened here. But at the same time, I don't necessarily want you to pause Umbrella Academy because now that you're hot off the first season, it would probably be in your better interest to start the second season because there were a few things going into the second season where I was like, I don't what who what, and I had yeah. to like stop and yeah, and I've I've got some thoughts on Umbrella Academy which we'll get into um, mm-hmm. later, but. But yeah, I, I have Ray Donovan on the list, and okay. I, I, I'm kind of excited because you said it gets back to the old Ray Donovan roots, and that's what I really liked, so I'm kind of excited. I feel like it does. Yeah, and I, I, I like... hope that you see it the same way, and but I have my concerns that maybe you're like, no, this is still trash. Like, I'm kind of like, I don't know why I'm hoping this, but I'm kind of hoping that I get back, and I'm like, oh man, this is Ray Donovan again, and I'm hoping I get like so excited that I forget that it gets cancelled, and then I like hmm. get to the end and just get like way more angry because I forgot it got canceled because I got some good Ray Donovan. I don't know why I want to do this to myself, but here we are. Fair enough. So is this the first time you've seen Pacific Rim? Yeah. So the first time, um, and so I did, um, I did a movie night at my buddy's house and he recently just got like a 5.4.1 Atmos sound system in his house. Yeah. And he's got like a nice fancy 4K TV. So we like usually every couple of weeks we try to do a movie there uh, that has Dolby Atmos um, because that sound like it's ridiculous. 
Um, and yeah. you're like, let's watch Pacific Rim because you'd never seen it before. And I was like, okay, sure. Um, and like, I'll say there's pre- like, I don't have much to say about Pacific Rim other than it's kind of a great dumbass action movie. It's big robots fighting fucking kaiju. And it's kind of fucking rad. <laughs> yeah, that one, it was, uh, I saw that one in theaters when it came okay, out. Yep. And I was like, I can't remember why, because it didn't honestly interest me that much. But I had a friend no. who was like, oh, I really want to see it. So we we went and saw it. Yeah. And it was enjoyable the same way I've enjoyed the like last few Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. Where it's just like exactly. stupid dumpster fun. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of uh, what my thoughts on it. Like um, the story is shit. The writing is shit. Um, the acting actually like isn't all that good. Um, but at its core, it is giant fucking robots fighting giant fucking monsters and it looks really badass and really fucking cool and that's what i went into that movie wanting and that's exactly what i got so i would see it and i went in because i like charlie what's his name charlie hunnam yep be coming off like sons of anarchy or in the height of sons of anarchy's popularity yeah yeah just it didn't do it for me and the second one the pacific rim uprising was just yeah, and I heard that it was, was so f- it was so fucking bad. Yeah, yeah, because I really like Charlie Hunnam too. Um, but I actually thought he was actually um, uh, like I I don't think he was very good in Pacific Rim, but I still like him. But but yeah, like and I kind of the only thing I wanted out of Pacific Rim was just some dumbass action, and that's what I got. So, um, and you got it in uh, Dolby Atmos. Yeah, and I got it in Dolby Atmos, and I got it in Spades, and it was rad as fuck and yeah if you want a big big dumbass action set piece of a movie where you just kind of want to turn your brain off and watch some giant robots fight some giant monsters uh with it looking real nice and sounding really cool watch pacific rim um because yeah that's Mm. well and, and that's your take my take would be if you want to waste about 90 minutes of your life watch pacific rim because that's how i felt walking out of the theater i was like that just was not worth my 12 dollar admission oh yeah see i i have no problems going into a movie just being like i just want a dumbass fucking action set piece to just turn my brain off for 90 minutes and that's totally worth my time um, and and it, that's fair but you also didn't spend any actual physical dollars on this experience and I wonder if maybe that changes your take a little bit. Would you still, would you oh, yeah. watch that movie now? You'd be okay with spending 12 bucks to see it? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, like I, cause I, I totally do that with like movies like Dwayne, the rock Johnson's skyscraper. I paid, I paid a full price movie ticket for that. And that's just a dumbass action movie. And it was rad. I'm fine with that. I like those movies. Fair enough. I like fair enough. I I did not pay to see that movie. So, (laughs) and I pay to see those movies all the time. I'm totally all right with just going. I want 90 minutes of my brain just doing nothing but zoning out and watching this dumbass action. And I don't have to think about anything. I'm just going to watch some stuff explode, some buildings collapse, and just enjoy the ride. It sounds to me like you need to watch Kung Fury. I think I have. That sounds familiar. Because if you just want like ridiculous, dumbass, cheesy action, that movie is fucking hilarious and top notch. 
Yeah. Yeah. That sounds familiar. I don't know if I've seen it. Or I, I, if, I feel like if, if you've seen it, you'd know you've seen it. Yeah. Because it wasn't like a theatrical kind of movie. It was like someone's like little weird passion project. Oh. And it was just so fucking over the top and ridiculous. Done kind of like to an 80s vibe. And you'd if, YouTube the trailer at some point and you'll know him. as soon as you watch the trailer, you'll be like, okay, yeah, I've definitely seen this or I haven't. But I feel like if you have seen it, you would know. Because yeah. it's not something that you would forget. Yeah, no, that's fair. Because, um, because yeah, like those, and those are the things like I got to be in the mood for like just some dumbass action. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I'm totally on board with just like I want some dumbass action to zone out to. Oh, I, I, yeah, I have to interject before I forget about this. Okay. And I thought about this when we were talking earlier about like Dread and Robocop. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see any of the videos that were submitted? by all the different like random writers and directors that did their own they like they took one of the RoboCop movies and they basically like spliced it into like sections and gave a bunch of different people you know like this person would take this 5 minute scene and then reshoot it the way that they see it and then a different you know writer director like not famous writer directors like normal people this other person would do like a weird 5 minute scene oh no i never saw that <laughs> okay well well i'll I'll send you a clip that you absolutely have to watch okay and then we can talk about it next week okay so you finally finished umbrella academy yes yeah i finished it last night um i don't know that my thoughts have changed too much when we talked about it last week like i don't think i'm as hot on it as you are but i think it's a totally totally fine show for what it is um i thought where that show ended um i thought was kind of predictable because i think it was like the third episode i was like oh yeah like they were talking about um oh what's your name that didn't have powers and then there was a yeah vanya or um she was like all of a sudden not taking these pills and she was like oh i feel so much better and like i just remember thinking to myself i was like oh yeah that's that's because you have powers and and i i was like i bet the dad is like halted that shit early on because something bad will happen if you use your powers and then they were like oh hey an apocalypse is happening and i was like oh this all lines up um but i thought um so like the overall story i was like kind of thought was like eh um but i thought the action pieces like with the music those were great those were a really good time like how they did Mm -hmm. uh like their their action set pieces and their music choices with that, like we're, we're an enjoyable time. Um, like I really liked that stuff. I what did you think of the scene? Remember I told you that there's the one scene where they like all dance to the song and I figured you'd pop it out immediately. Once you saw it, you knew what I ta- knew what I'm talking about. Uh, which scene is that one? It's where they're all dancing to like, I think we're alone here where they're all like in their separate rooms, but the camera like pulls out and it's kind of like a series of squares. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, that one was really good. Yes. That one was that one was phenomenal. I really liked that one. As did I. Yeah. There there was a lot of really good um kind of camera work scenes um in that show, like how they how they kind of did that. That stuff. Uh that, that, that stuff I thought was really well done. Um once uh some the storylines with the two people in suits 
uh, Mary J. Blige and the other dude. I like him a lot as an actor. Yeah, I I really liked, like uh, him in Mindhunter. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was really good in Mindhunter. As, uh, oh, he plays Edward Kemp, I think. Yeah, the serial killer. It's a shame that we're not going to get any more Mindhunter. Oh, I know. Because I fucking I, love that show. It was so good. Mm-hmm. But yes, he plays Hazel. Yeah, and I actually really liked uh, those two storylines, and I kind of wish they did more with it. Because um, it, it was probably um, some of the story stuff that I liked the most out of that show, and, and I kind of wanted more. But And mm. it did get into a little bit of it, but I was kind of like, oh, I kind of want more of them. Um, but yeah, like overall, I think it's 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 a good show. I like I said, I don't think I'm as hot on it as you are, but I think it's totally totally good. I I don't regret my time with it, and I'll mm. I'll watch the second season, um, which I watched the first like 15 minutes last night, and then I was like, okay, I need to go to bed. Um, but it seems like they're doing the apocalypse thing again, just in a different time. Um, which I'm I'm kind of really curious if like. The second season is just going to be the same storyline as the first one, where it's like, hey, we just got we got to prevent the apocalypse again. I don't know. How uh, yeah, it. It, I don't it, know I, how I, I feel be, about that. It's it's was kind of disappointing. There's definitely like little side things that go on, and you get to learn a little bit more about um, that agency. Oh, okay. So like you get a little a little bit more background on that, and then you kind of get some like. I don't know. It's 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 a time traveling thing, and time traveling is like very present in this yeah. second season. So there's lots of like interest, but the way they all like loop it, yeah, where like their future and past selves and their present selves and like interactions and stuff is very interesting. But yeah. I, I will be like completely honest, like it it to me so far, and I think I have two or three episodes left. It's good, but I don't think it was as good as the first season just because they're playing it off like, okay, yes, we're trying to prevent the apocalypse again. And it would have been nice to see a completely different storyline, but they do introduce some new characters. Like they introduce the Swedes and they're pretty fucking weird and gnarly. So like there's some some weird shit happening. So like it's still a good season. I I don't know if I like this one as much as I as I like the first one, but yeah, and that's fair. And like coming out of the first season, like not being as hot on it as you, but still enjoying it. Like I think the second season, like like I don't know that I'm just going to start watching the second season immediately. Like it might be one of those things where it's like, okay, I'll watch the second season at some point. But like I don't have this like huge urge to just be like, let's start the second season. Yeah, and and that's totally fair. Like I was very like way more into the first season than you obviously mm-hmm. are. So, and I watched it when it first came out, so like I've been patiently yeah. impatiently waiting yeah, for the second season to come out. So like it was kind of a bigger it's obviously a bigger deal to me. Yeah. But if if you're not like if I'm and like you said it's a totally enjoyable show, yeah. but if you're not as into it like as I am and I'm yeah. going like the second season's good, but it's not as good as the first one then yeah you'll, you'll it probably isn't going to be a big rush for you but again yeah. they do a lot of things great like their fight oh, scenes yeah. are still really good yeah. their song and soundtrack choice because they all end up in the in the 1960s yeah uh pre jfk's murder yeah, yeah. assassination kind of like, like so like the, yeah so like the the songs and stuff they pick are are really yeah. good 
yeah because that's a good soundtrack lends itself to really good really good music so yeah so yeah like i'll i'll check it out at some point but it's like yeah because i i think like i don't think it's a bad show by any means like i i enjoyed my time with it but it was kind of one of those things where i was just like that that's that's totally fine mm-hmm. so but yeah i think this probably yeah. my thoughts on umbrella academy so far i mean we'll see and maybe i'll get really weird. Um... Those are all really my thoughts on the second season. So. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll get an urge to to watch the second season um, immediately after, but who knows? Yeah, I just wouldn't. I would just wouldn't wait too long because there are some references to the first season that like I had to like pause and think about because it had been like fuck at least a year since the first one, right? So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll but get around to watching it at some point. Mm-hmm. And then earlier we were talking about The Walking Dead, which made me think of The Path, because it has Michelle Monaghan in it. Right, yep. Did you ever watch The Path? I watched, like, most of the first season, and then for some reason I never finished it. It was another show where, like, it started off slow, and I watched the first season, and I'm like, okay, you have my intrigue, and then it built up, and I got more into it with the second season, and then I got really into it with the third and then I guess it just wasn't performing well enough because then Hulu just fucking chopped it off at its knees again. Oh, really? Yeah, and it drove me nuts because like I'm sitting here going like, cool, so all this fucking exciting, crazy shit that happened at the end of season three, I get nothing now. Huh. And it's not based on like any like previous like source material, no. so I can't even like Google how shit ends. No, it was just like kind of uh, like a cult story. Kind of yeah, thing. but... I. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, I love, I guess I just love cult stuff. Yeah. I mean, if it's done right, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I really like documentaries on it. Like, did you ever watch um, the Leah Remy uh, Scientology? Going Clear? Yeah. I did, yeah. I enjoyed that. I kind of yeah. like the more fictionalized. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, like, did you, like, Waco on, that's oh, yeah. now on Netflix? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. fuck me. That was such an amazing documentary. I think we've actually talked about that before. Yeah. Because I'm a, I, I'm a big fan of him and you're not as big a fan. <laughs> yeah. Waco was good. I really liked Waco. I was a big mm-hmm. fan of it. And, and, but, but I mean, that's also the Waco story is a fascinating story on how to yeah. extraordinarily fuck up. Yeah, it's crazy that like to this day they do like training programs where they're like, "This is how you don't, yeah, deal with a situation yeah. like this." Yeah, and they it's still taught today in like law enforcement is like, "Don't ever do what they did at Waco." Yeah, <laughs> it will end badly. Like that, you did everything you shouldn't do. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no, that 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 series was solid. Um, and yeah, like I remember. It was a long time ago that I watched The Path, and I remember, I want to say I was watching it, and I was, like, maybe not super into it, but, like, interested enough, and then I want to say maybe something else came out, and I just kind of didn't finish it. Maybe I should go mm-hmm. back to it at some point. It, it was good. Like, I'm disappointed with the way it ended, but, like, I, I like Aaron Paul, and I yeah. think he did he did really well in the series, and that's, yeah. like, another reason I felt it was a shame for them to just fucking end it like that yeah 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 
So. But I was just curious if you had seen it just because we were talking about Walking Dead and I, I know Michelle Monaghan was on that for a couple seasons till she died giving birth, right? But Yeah. Yeah, and I just checked on my Plex and I have the first season. Um, so yeah, I, I think, that I, if I recall, they only did three. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll go back to it at some point because like, I remember it being not bad. Um, but I also want to say I that was a few years ago that I would have watched the first season. So I, I don't know that I actually remember much of what happened in the first season other than like the basic stuff. So yeah, it might be worth checking out a recap. Yeah, because, and I think if I were to go back to it, I would probably just start it right from episode one, because I, I honestly don't know that I could tell you what the crazy overall plots of it are. You know, if I yeah, saw it, that's I, fair. I, it might refresh my memory and I might go, oh, I remember this and then skip an episode or two or something like that. But yeah, that's fair. The other one that I wanted to talk about, which is actually one of my favorite movies that I saw in the past like couple years yeah. was Richard Jewell. I haven't heard of this. And it, like, it came to my mind when we were talking about uh, Bombshell, because it's kind of oh, like this based one. on real events. Yeah. Did, have, have you seen it? No, I just looked it up on IMDb and I meant to watch it. And you I... should you should put her bumper up on your list because it was it was so good, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause like, it was, you know, uh, how, like, yeah. Like you watch some like movies or television shows and they like. They hit you so viscerally, emotionally, that you yeah. feel like like what comes to mind is uh, like King Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Yeah, how, like yeah. you just fucking like you, you hate him. Clench your fist when you, he comes on screen. Yeah, because they, like, they do such a good job of making him a despicable person. <laughs> yeah. So like that same like visceral emotional reaction happens at least it did for me in watching richard jewel not like in a rage sense but in like uh yeah yeah i felt so fucking bad for this guy yeah yeah like the way that they fucking railroad and gaslight him it was just obscene because like you watch the movie and he's just he's such a loving caring person who just wants to feel included in law enforcement even though he's not in law enforcement because he's just he's not capable yeah and they they just fucking railroad the guy and it's yeah. so unfair and i oh, i just yeah. remember seeing it in theaters and the whole time like i just felt so bad like i wanted oh, to yeah. like like go meet him in real life and like tell him what an awesome guy he is because i just yeah. felt so fucking bad for him oh yeah well that's uh like clint eastwood did that and he 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 likes to do a lot of those like real life stories right like he's done american sniper solely I did that 1517 to Paris. Um, mm. So like, he does a really good job with that. And like Sully and American Sniper, they were both really good. I didn't watch the 1517 to Paris. Me neither, but it had me intrigued just because the actual guys who were involved played themselves in the movie. Yeah. And I heard that was like, maybe didn't work out as well as. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, they're not, they're not actors, right? Yeah. So you can only expect so much, but yeah. it was intriguing nonetheless. Yeah, and then he did The Mule, which I actually really liked. Yeah, I just watched that one not long ago, and I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. Yep. But, so he, but yes, like you you definitely uh, you should bump Richard Jewell up on your list, because it was 
I will it was one it. of my favorite movies that I've seen in the last like year or two. I will add it to the list. Like it yeah, looked I, intriguing and, and Lindsay and I, I think we went and saw it when we were in Arizona. Yeah. Cause I, I want to say I remember seeing the trailers for that one and I was like, Oh, that looks really good. I want to check that out. Cause like I'm a, I'm a Clint Eastwood director fan. Mm-hmm. And then I want to say I just never got around to watching it. But yeah, phenomenal. It was it was just a phenomenal movie. Yeah, it deserved a lot more praise than what it got. That's for sure. Yeah, that's fair enough. No, I will definitely check it out at some point because, yeah, I totally forgot about that. And it is a good thing you reminded me because I probably would have totally forgot about it until I saw it somewhere and would have been like, oh, shit, I totally meant to watch that. Hmm. And then, yeah, the last one I wanted to talk about was just because we were talking about Charlie Hunnam was uh, The Gentleman. I haven't seen The Gentleman yet, but I really want to because I fucking love Guy Ritchie. So, yeah, it was it was interesting the way that they they did it. Because it's like, I mean, there's lots of like phenomenal actors like Charlie Hunnam's in there. And then you got obviously like Matthew McConaughey and uh, Colin Farrell, who I haven't seen do anything really in a long time. Yeah, but it was just like the way that they it's it's Guy Ritchie's storytelling. Yeah, that really got me into that movie because it's not just like everything is happening. It's like Charlie Hunnam and I can't he's another famous guy that if you like looked him up, you would be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, I know you're but they're like he goes into like blackmail Charlie who works for Matthew McConaughey and is like, oh, yeah. I'm blackmailing you and you know, da 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 because I know this happened. And it's like that's how the story plays out, like in the movie, is yeah. they're sitting there talking about previous events as this guy is piecing together all this information he has and like Yeah. It was actually it was actually really well done. Yeah. And I feel like like I feel like with Guy Ritchie, he's got a very unique style that is in every one of his movies. And I feel like you either like that or you don't. Mm-hmm. And like I personally I, love Guy Ritchie stuff, so I don't know that I've ever watched one and been like, I don't like that. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of any Guy Ritchie movies that I disliked either. Yeah, like just because I, I really like his style. Um, and I actually thought a movie that he did that d- didn't do well um, was the King Arthur Legend of the Sword that also had Charlie Hunnam in it. I thought that was really I, well done. I actually never watched that one. Oh, really? That's actually really good. You should check it out. Hmm. It's uh, Charlie Hunnam is in it. And I remember it? seeing the trailer. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. I just, I'm not a big fan of the old timey medieval shit. Oh, yeah. That's, that's why it took me so long to actually watch Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't start in on Game of Thrones until I think they were in their third or fourth season is when I oh. actually like started season one. Okay. And I, th- I think that's that's kind of what's holding me back from watching um, the Witcher series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, even yeah. though it's not medieval, but it's just that, like, old-timey kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Never really... That time frame, whether it's based in reality or fantasy, has never really done it for me. So it, yeah. it I have to work myself up to get into those kind of uh, pieces, I guess. Right. Yeah, and that's fair. Like, if that's not, like, your preferred genre, then... But, but I mean, if you're a Guy Ritchie fan and you, and you, I guess if you ever have the urge to watch something in that genre, but check it out. It's, it's good. Well, 
and I and I I was pretty sure that you were a Guy Ritchie fan. That's why I wanted yeah. to bring it up to see if you had seen it yet. Yep. No, I haven't seen it yet. I have it. Um, I have it, and I think it's on Netflix too. Um, I'm gonna say I saw it there the other day. I, th- I think it is as well. Um, so it's I, it's not it's not his best film. Yeah, that I'll I'll be completely honest. It's not the best Guy Ritchie film you're gonna watch, but it yeah. was still it was still entertaining. And if you're a fan oh, of yeah. his his storytelling style, oh, yeah. I'm a huge I, I think you'll I think you'll quite enjoy it. I wouldn't put it I wouldn't bump it past Richard Jewell on your right. movie to watch list. I would still watch Richard Jewell f- first. Fair enough. But being a Guy Ritchie fan, I I think you'll you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of it because you still get that that storytelling, his sense of humor. Yeah. Those like violent action scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I've been meaning to check it out. Um, like I have it. I think I have it on my Plex, and it's on Netflix. So like I've had it, and I've been meaning to watch it because I, because I'm a big guy, Richie fan. It's just I haven't got around to it yet. So that's fair. That's yeah. Fair. I'm looking at all of Guy Ritchie's movies now, and it's just there's some good stuff in here. Like, did you ever watch The Man from Uncle with him? Yeah, Henry actually, Cavill and Henry Cavill. Yeah. Yes, I actually quite enjoyed that one. Yeah, I, I still think with that. I still think my favorite is uh, was it Snatch? Yeah, that's up there. That's usually a lot of people's favorite. I I think just Brad Pitt playing that playing that like gypsy pikey and his like accent and stuff was just yeah phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. and then there was also uh, Rock and Rolla, which had. Uh, Ari from Entourage was in it. I did enjoy Rock and Rolla. He yeah. was also in Smoke and Aces, wasn't he? That was I don't think that was it. That was not uh, a Guy Ritchie film, I don't no. think. But he was the magician in Smoke and Aces that everyone was after, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, he was. So. Whatever happened to him? I don't know. I've seen some articles like pop up randomly where it's like Jeremy Piven talks about why he's like blacklisted from Hollywood, but I never really like went into detail, but like, you don't, you don't see him anywhere. And I, I like Jeremy Piven. Like, I mean, Ari gold is still one of the greatest television characters of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. Like I'm just just non-existent anymore. Like after entourage, he did um, Mr. Selfridge. He did that for a few years. Which I remember watching a few episodes of because I was like, oh, it's it's Jeremy Piven. Yeah, it and wasn't then, really my thing. No, mine either. And then he went into another TV series called The Wisdom of the Crowd, which I don't know what this is. And the only thing I remember him after Entourage was he did that really weird indie movie with, I think, Rob Lowe and another one or two famous guys where they're like best friends who get together and stay at a fucking beach house or something. Oh, I vaguely recall. Yeah, I don't remember that. That was the last thing I saw him in. That was a movie. Yeah. Yeah, and it says he's got a few things in post-production. But I don't know if those are kind of maybe some lower-budget movies or whatnot. See, I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he did get blacklisted for some reason. And they're just not giving him work. Which is that'd unfortunate. Kind of, yeah, it'd be kind of. I like him. Yeah, me too. Oh, I mean that the Ari Gold character is just like he's so amazing as that character, right? So yeah, like, totally crushes it. 
Like I, I couldn't think of anyone else playing that character. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's about all I've, uh, got that I've, wow. And half that stuff I didn't even watch recently, but eh, whatever. That's what it is. Pretty much just Umbrella Academy. Now I'm really curious that you got me like once I finished the last couple episodes of Umbrella Academy, I think I'm going to dump, jump back into, uh, leftovers i think you should because i think and you could totally feel different than me but i think it's one of the best hbo shows they've they've ever done and it has one episode that i think is like to this day the single greatest episode of tv i've ever seen in my life like i watched that was in that was in season three uh season two season Uh, two yeah it was the assassin something yeah yeah it's season two and it's like it's just called international assassin and it's yeah like i remember like being really like i was in love with that show and then i remember watching that episode and like once it ended i was like holy fuck like i like had to take a breather i was like that was like insane all around i was like the acting quality everything how they did the storylines and like what they did with it i was just like holy shit this is ridiculous um so all right then but i mean who knows maybe you you won't you aren't a fan of the leftovers or you won't be but i actually i feel like i watched one or two and then just something happened and i but also to be fair um that's not because that's based on like a a book and Uh... they've done and they've done movies based on the same series of novels as well yeah, and I don't remember because it... back in it was in the early fuck. It might have even been pre two thousand. They did a movie called like Left Behind. Oh, okay, and I don't remember it being based on source material, but it totally could be. I'm pretty sure maybe it wasn't based. On, it, it's been it's it's something that's existed previously because there was a movie and it was called Left Behind. And it was a Christian movie. And I know this because when I lived in Innisfail, so that would have been grade five, six, seven. Yeah. One of my good friends, his family was very religious, part of a church group and stuff. Yeah. And periodically they would do like youth church uh, yeah, things. Yeah. So sometimes they would do cool or fun stuff. And I would go with him to these like youth church events. Right. And one of the events that they had for like the, the Christian kids yeah. was they were watching a movie and it was called Left Behind. Huh. And it was part one of two or three parts and it was like a Christian movie and it was the same thing. It was the rapture. It was just all of a sudden all the good people go to heaven and only the scum of the earth are left on earth. Yeah. And then for some reason I think that they just, and I don't know if it was a theatrical release or it was just straight Christian, but I don't think it did that well and there was like no other fucking follow-up movies because i remember like wanting to know what happened to the next part and never finding out right but maybe they did i don't know i was also a kid so yeah yeah left but oh no they did too there's left behind in 2000 and left behind two in 2002 okay and then they did left behind world at war Hmm. which i think was part three and then they rebooted Left Behind with uh, Nicolas Cage in oh. 2014. Huh. 
Interesting. And then there was also, I think it was a TV series. Yeah, called Vanished, Left Behind the Next Generation. Huh. Interesting. So like this, like, and I, I, and maybe I'm wrong, but I thought the original Left Behind was based off of a book. But uh, hmm. it's Canadian American religious science fiction thriller film <laughs> starring Kirk Cameron. Hey. Yes, based on the best-selling 1995 Christian eschatological end times novel, uh, end times novel of the same name. Okay, so it's based on the novel Left Behind by Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins. Okay, so so it was a Christian book turned into a Christian movie. So, like, yeah. So, so the leftovers I'm assuming is just a fucking so. Uh, I just looked it up. So season one covers, it says season one covers the length of Tom Perota's novel, The Leftovers. The second and third seasons are completely original material. Okay. And like, to be honest, I actually think the second and third season are better than the first. So I think that's actually a case where show gets better as it goes. Yeah. But I knew I'd seen that kind of plot before. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh that'll be on my list right now. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, I I think it gets better every season, so like I remember like really enjoying the first season and then like going into season 2 being like, "Wow, this is like way better." Um like not that I thought the first season season was bad and that I I didn't enjoy it. Like I was still super hot on it, but it was one of those cases where I was like, "Wow, this is like just, like it just keeps getting better for me um really whether th- that'll be the case when you watch it i mean who knows you could watch the leftovers and be like man that wasn't for me um but well hopefully hopefully that's not the case i love it when a tv series just gets better and better with each passing season yeah i like i i hope you like it because like yeah i remember watching it being like that that was some of HBO's best work. Um, some of their best work, even. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. You know, you okay, know. Well, what? I'll start in on it today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you got time to kill, Jordan. I'm unemployed. I got all the time in the world right now. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, leftovers. It's great. Everyone should watch it. All right, Tyler. But that's all I got. Well, that's all I got as well. Cool. So I guess uh, maybe with that, we should just bid adieu. Sounds good. All right. I'll catch you on the next one. Later.